following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back another week, another episode of Offense, Defense, and Discord. Sometimes there might be a lot of Discord. Uh, we, we might get into that a little bit of that. Oh, oh boy. All right. I'm going to say, since the last time you and I actually sat in the same room together to it, do It's been show, a while, yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I did one from remote we took last week and, mm-hmm. you know, did some other things. So we're back this week. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with the part that I want to get over and out the way. Okay. Since we were last sitting here, Sixers were eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, they were. The Houston Rockets were eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they were. The Denver Nuggets were eliminated from the playoffs. Somewhere Anthony Gilbert is crying. And the Boston Celtics were eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, sorry. Um, that's the silver lining to this cloud. Well, let's start with Boston. Boston. Okay. We're going. Let's we're going. Let's spend some time with the teams that aren't still going. Aren't that are that are. Let's, let's spend some time on the teams that are out of it. All now. right, the teams that are done. Denver's done. Philly's done. Boston's done. Houston's and Houston's done. Because you get some interesting, interesting conversation when you start looking at those this group of four teams. Mm-hmm. Denver, young core, Jokic and Murray, the centerpieces. Mm-hmm. You don't expect much change there going no. forward. I think of of. The of the four teams are eliminated. Mm-hmm. Of the four teams that are not still playing in the playoffs, I feel like Denver and that fan base, they probably have the most to look for. They're the most optimistic. You would say they're the most optimistic. Optimistic, yes. That, that's an interesting choice of words. I think because well, there's a lot of optimism in Boston and Philly right now. I would say. There's more anticipation, more anxiety than I would say optimism. Because I feel like Boston Boston doesn't know what they're doing next. They have they have some questions that need answers. They have some personnel moves that need to be made. See, here's the here's the thing. And and this is if, if I may Oh, go make, ahead. make make a, a an attempt. Go go ahead. Have with, fun with 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 the. I'll put, I put the air quotes on. If I may make an attempt at objectivity, mm-hmm. I feel like knowing you and knowing how you feel about a certain shoot first point guard in Boston, mm-hmm. I feel like for you that decision is made. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, for and, and it's not a hard decision to make. For me, it's not a very hard decision no, at all. No, 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 I understand. For me, it was a decision that should have been made a year ago. Okay, and, and given and, and and I've said that consistently. Now, this isn't the. This might not be the point of the discourse, because I see your point. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. However, I'm not sure how many people in Boston. How many people in that Boston fan base, how many people in that Boston front office agree with you or think 
or if they do agree with you, are as on board with your with how you feel. Well, the one thing about that that also is a factor is how does number eleven feel about it? Because mm. he gets a lot of say in this too with free he agency. Do, he does. And how do you? It's, this is free agency. This and, isn't going into a last year of a contract yeah. situation where they could say, uh, "We were better without you. Let's move you." This is free agency. Yeah, he can just walk. He can just walk. Now, how do you feel about the way things ended in Boston? Because it just it it seemed predictable. Predictable, but were you disappointed? I mean, I mean, not necessarily the result, but how it played out. Predictable. Why? In the prior round, mm-hmm. I was honest. And I said, and I quote, he was playing number 11. He was playing the best basketball I'd ever seen him play in his career. Mm -hmm. And that was true. I am also one who always says when games and situations get tight, people revert to instinct. Instinct takes over. And that's exactly what you saw happen in the Milwaukee series. He rever- you saw a lot of old habits, a lot of ISO, a lot of one-on-one, that same level of engagement with the teammates, that fun, free feeling seemed to disappear mm-hmm. instantly between the two, round one and round two. Mm. And round one, they were playing against a team they knew they had outmatched. The, yeah. t- the talent You're differential. The without Victor Oladipo. Exa- the yeah. talent differential was too much. Yeah. You get into the second round against a 60-win Milwaukee team with one of the most indefensible players in the league right now Mm -hmm. as their centerpiece. It's a little bit different. And then there's also the element of some people, I don't know this to be true about anyone specifically, but there are basketball players who, when they see a star player on the other side, take the challenge a little too personally and feel like they have to answer for everything the other person did instead of just going out and playing ball to win as a team, mm-hmm. which is already an issue for some people to begin with. Okay. So when you consider all of those things, this was a predictable outcome to me. Okay. So at this point now, you have a seemingly unhappy free agent. Mm-hmm. His team doesn't seem to be – that thrill with it. Now here's now for me personally, mm-hmm. this is where the objectivity ends. Or right, I'm, I'm going back to I, I can't do this. Just like just like Kyrie reverts back to old Kyrie, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reverting back to old John. There you go. All right, instinct takes over. Kyrie and Terry Rozier can go. Ideally, you know, let them and both Terry go. Terry Rozier, yeah. Who's running your offense? Look, I I, I don't. Get, I'm a fan, a fan of the Sixers. So as a fan of the Sixers, I know no, this. this is, I know Terry Rose. I have to, we, have, we have to call a timeout. Okay. Because I know you're a fan of the Sixers. Yes. And as a fan of the Sixers, I'd gladly want to see Ty- Terry Rozier gone. Yeah. It's not a good matchup for the Sixers. Nope. We're not looking at this as Sixers fans right now. Oh. This is strictly from the standpoint of, what should Boston do next? 
What should Boston do What do, do you next? expect oh. them to do next? Okay. I understand what you mm-hmm. want them okay, to okay. do. You want them to get yeah, the want roster them, yeah, and be bad forever. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. There's gut a, forever. Yes, yes. yes. We, we, we're yes, aware of that. Yes. All right. At, <clears throat> let me try this. <laughs> In fact, hold on. I need a drink. Boston's offense runs better under Terry Rozier. Absolutely. He, I, th- I thought that he had earned the starting point guard position by his play in the playoffs last year. If he didn't earn it, then he made quite a case for himself. He made a heck of a case for himself and showed that he could do it. Can I ask one question before you finish? Go ahead. Uh, now, mm-hmm. we agree he played – outstanding NBA starting point guard level basketball last season. Yeah. Now, considering how that happened while Kyrie was injured, not active, not just hurt, Mm -hmm. but he was actually inactive for that stretch where Terry Rozier balled out like that. Was it a fair assumption for people to think with same personnel, same system, that Kyrie Irving with his talents could come in and do better. I feel like these are one of those these this is a classic Mike Jones setup. And let me explain to you why. Because I feel like there's a surface answer and then there's a Jonesy answer. The That's surf- probably true. The surface answer is hey you had these young guys who played exceptionally well with their stars on the bench, with their stars hurt. Mm-hmm. Boston went out, brought in Kyrie Irving. Boston went out and signed uh, Gordon Hayward. Hayward gets hurt the very first game of the season, can't come back. Mm-hmm. They lose Kyrie down the stretch. Here comes Tatum. Here comes Brown. Here comes Rozier stepping up and taking them to the conference championships. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, guess what? Next year, they're going to have those stars back. So you take those stars, you mix them with these young boys that came up here and played their hearts out, and you got got success. That's what I heard a lot of. Yes, that's what you heard a lot of. I heard a lot of that. That's the surface. Look, I know we argue a lot, but I do listen to you. (laughs) I do. So, yes, you know. That's the surface answer. Mm-hmm. Now here's the Jonesy answer. Kyrie's a shoot first point guard. He plays a lot of iso ball. He dribbles out the clock and mm-hmm. then doesn't give his teammates enough time to shoot or create. He eats clocks. He's about his numbers. His numbers come before anything. He gets caught up in, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's a, he is an enemy to chemistry. Yes. So, although you you would think, although there are people who would think with two star players out, three young guys come up and step up. Another year, they should get better. They should get better. Wow, this is going to be great. Boston's going to be great. Jonesy, on the other hand, a.k.a. Mike Jones, who Mike Jones, back then they didn't want him. Now, now he's hot. Now they're, hot. They're all on him. Yeah, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. He sees that and like, look, man, 
and understand something. And now I'm, I'm going to paraphrase Mike Jones. This is not a direct quote. But Mike Jones pretty much predicted that Boston was going to crash and burn a long time ago. I, I did. You know, the words crash and burn did not come out of Mike's mouth. That's not a direct That quote. is not a direct quote. But it is a fair but, summary but of my feelings about what yes. was going to happen to Boston. And here's the thing, okay? If I may just sprinkle a little fandom in there. I'll knock yourself out. Okay. Your case as to why it would fail made perfect sense. And for me, as a fan of a rival team, I was all for it. I was like, yeah. You know, when they were still trying to make this whole thing with Tatum, Brown, and Rozier, as they're now getting less minutes, scoring less points. Mm-hmm. You know, as, how you know, their, touch, their, their touches were different. Because I, I think, I'm not sure where I saw it. And I, I, I should have had it for you. But I was, I sat back, you know, flying on the wall as some people were arguing, uh, Boston people were arguing. And basically they had made, someone had made, basically tried to, was making the argument that Rozier, Tatum, Rozier and Tatum got the same number of touches this year than they did last year. Sometimes I wish this was a video uh, uh, podcast so you could see Mike Jones's face. But I say this because, once again, I've worked with Mike Jones for a little bit now. You know, we're going on almost a year of offense, defense, and discourse slash agree to disagree slash one-on-one with MJ. Yeah. So I, 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 I tend to know where these things will go. I mean, you, know? you knew that about me from the sports shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, no I, know, I, I know where this is going to go because, I, honestly, you know, in my opinion, Mike Jones is wrong a lot, probably a lot more than Mike Jones thinks he's wrong. <laughs> However, when he's right, I can tip my hand and say, hey, man, he's right. You know, I think both me and Mike acknowledge that there is a need and there's a, a level of appreciation that needs to be had for analytics and stats. But sometimes, but there has to be a context to it. There has to be, it has to go with an element of the eye test. Yeah, you know what you could see, or you, you know, uh, there could be a stat sheet that says, hey man, Tatum and Brown and Rozier still get the same amount of touches. But if you're watching the game, it's the quality of touches, when they get their touches, how they get their touches, where are they? Let's see. Analytics. Mm-hmm. Analytics are the bane of my existence when it comes to basketball. Time. All right, you just almost made me spit my drink out. Okay. And, 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 and I truly mean that. It, okay. In baseball, if you want to talk analytics, it makes baseball is a sport where analytics apply almost perfectly because it's a bunch of guys out there individually doing their job. In football, Analytics apply a lot, mm. but you also have to fi- factor in scheme fit. 
there are guys who might work in a 4-3 that don't work in a 3-4. There are guys who might work in a spread that don't work in a vertical power run. Things like that. But you can st- once you go accommodate, account for the system, mm-hmm. you can tend to extrapolate fairly accurately in football. Now, there are coaches who think they can, you know, reinvent the game like the worst coach in NFL history who will remain nameless on this show, (laughs) signs a running back like DeMarco Murray and then wants to run him out the shotgun. That's not what he does. Mm. And that's not going to translate. But then you put him the next year on a team that runs a system that works for him. He's back near the top of the rushing stats again. Mm. But when you come to basketball, Basketball is a completely different animal completely. Basketball requires, and I don't want to say analytics are useless, Mm -hmm. but in basketball, there must be a context applied to every statistic that you use. I mean, we start with surface stats like points per game. You throw that one out at me, we're done talking. Like I mean it. If if the first thing you go to, oh, he scored thirty, so so what? A lot of guys can score thirty, take a bet. Like I truly believe that. I don't. I won't go as far as to say half, but thirty or forty percent of NBA guards, if they were truly green lit to take every bad shot they wanted could score 25 points a game. And then there'd be people out there looking at the stats like, oh, he scores 25. Okay, what kind of shots did he take to get those 25? Mm -hmm. Was he scoring 25 on 30 shots a game? That's no good. Mm -hmm. You know, what's his field goal percentage? And and I don't want to say it's necessarily just terms of those statistics, but the overall impact on the team. Mm -hmm. When you take shots is as important as – how many shots you take, mm-hmm. you know? I could come down, and you know what? I'm I'm just going to go ahead and do this now. Go ahead. I'm going I'm to go ahead and do this go now. Go in. You nice. Go ahead. <laughs> Who are the players that I rail against at all the time? You you know the list. Wait, say the the player. players in basketball, in the NBA, that I just bash all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that, that would be a starting five of Russell Westbrook. Where is he? On watching TV. Okay, who's next? Uh, James Harden. Where is he? Home <clears throat> watching TV. Okay, who's next? Kyrie Irving. Where is he? Home watching TV. Okay. Um, Melo Anthony. Where is he? Home searching one ads at this point. Mm-hmm. And he got cut by the Rockets, and they home watching TV. Mm-hmm. At some point, someone has to realize that all this one-on-one ISO, one man is this offense, everything runs through him, he takes every shot, makes every play, he can have the ball for 20 seconds and then just kick it out at the last four seconds for somebody to hope they're open and shoot type stuff. Yeah, you can win 50, 60 games in a regular season like that. Mm -hmm. Nobody's game planning for anyone in the NBA regular season. NBA coaches treat NBA regular season games 
the way NFL coaches treat NFL preseason games. You go out there, say, this is our stuff, this is what we're going to run. If we can, if we win, we win. If they don't, we don't. I'm not adjusting my game plan game to game for 82 games, three, four games in a, in a week. It's not feasible to do that. There may be certain teams, certain games, division opponents, or conference rivals that you have a couple extra wrinkles in for, but you're not really game planning. Mm-hmm. When you get to the playoffs, and I know I'm about to see this next this team anywhere between four to seven games in a row, I you better believe I have a plan prepared mm-hmm. to distort what they do. And if my offense runs through one man on the court, one primary ball handler on the court, that's easy to disrupt. I don't care what you think you're going to do with basketball. You cannot reinvent certain things. So why is it that so many – it seems to be that so many coaches struggle with that. Why is it that what you, what the scenario that you just laid out is not hard to fathom, is not hard to comprehend? You made a very valid point. Houston is still going to be Houston next year. Mm-hmm. OKC is still going to be OKC this next year. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked – I talked – when we started this segment, I said, hey, you know what? I said, I thought Denver was the only team that really is going into this offseason with pure optimism. Because I feel like they know, they, they're excited about their young core. They're excited about what their young core could be. They, they, I, I, I think this is the team at the beginning of a run. Yeah, absolutely. So Denver, they, you know, Denver is a team on the rise. Yes, they're the one team in this group of four teams that lost in the mm-hmm. semifinal in the conference semis that I expect to essentially come back the same team next year, mm-hmm. and they could have a realis- realistic expectation of being better. Yes, bringing back the same team. Yes. However, however, I understand your point. Because you have been making this point since you and I have been hosting a show together about Kyrie Irving. But I still believe that Boston, Boston's front office, and Boston's fan base are torn about whether or not they should bring Kyrie back. I understand that you feel, and and you are correct in your reasoning as to feel like, you know what, Boston might be better off saying, hey man, we got these young guys who've proven that they can play, let's give it to them. All right, I'm gonna say this, and mm-hmm. then we're gonna take a break. Come okay. back. We're gonna get back. We're gonna get back into this. We're gonna take gotcha. a quick break. We'll be mm-hmm. right back. But before we do, I'm gonna say this: mm-hmm. Boston fans, mm-hmm. if they're torn about what the team should do, they're idiots. <laughs> Boston front office, I understand why they're torn about what they should do. Mm. Why? In but, your opinion, why, why? But the front office is torn. Because they don't want to admit to being idiots. Mm, okay. The fans are idiots. The front office doesn't want to admit to being idiots. Okay. Because the front office should have realized, should have traded this dude last offseason. After you saw what happened with your team last year, mm-hmm. the struggles you had trying to get an offense to work all year long with Kyrie, and the second he goes down, your offense is wide open and scoring points with all this young talent that's on his way up. You could have took Kyrie last summer, flipped him for probably Anthony Davis. Hmm. Now you don't have that asset anymore. Okay. All right, well, look, we will come back. We'll take a real quick break. 
And when we when we come back, we ain't done. We gonna still we we gonna we still got post mortem to do on two more teams. Couple, you know, we gonna offer our requiem on. We still got the we still got the Rockets and the Sixers to get into. Okay, then we can talk. We'll talk about that. Oh yeah. All right, let's take a real quick break, and we'll come right back on offense, defense, and discourse. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, thanks for sticking with us during the break. Thanks for those to those of you who have just joining us. Before feel, the break... I, I feel like we should have like some, some funeral music because <laughs> we're eulogizing the four teams that lost their playoff run. These playoff runs came tragically to an end. Well, you know what? Hey, you're the producer. You want us to have some, some funeral music? Make it happen. I, I, I should have. I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't have any. I I, I got nothing. I got the same music we use every week. We, use one, we got one song on this show. We use it every week. All right, so we just got done talking about Boston, what Boston needs to do, what things are looking like in the future for Boston. Now we still got a couple more teams to look at, a couple more teams to talk about. And, and I'm going to have fun getting into this. I... How are you going to have fun getting into this? There's nothing fun about what we're about to get into right now. Well, it depends. Which one you want to do first? We got two teams left. Um, two more postmortems to do. All right. Well, it's not. I, I will say it to you. There's one I will enjoy. I will. So you dislike want the good less. news or the bad news first? There is no good news. The, well, there is good news. Okay. What is the good news? In your opinion, what is the good news? The good news? Mm-hmm. Sixers lost game seven. How is that good news? Did you expect them to win the championship this year? No, but I would love to see them keep playing. Did, I, did I you see the way they reacted to the way they lost that series? Yeah. What do you think it's going to do to be going forward? Oh, oh, oh we, we we having this discussion now? You wanted okay. the good news okay. first. All right, that, that's the good news? That's the good news. All right, here's the thing. All right, we talked we talked the last segment about Denver mm-hmm. and where Denver was where Denver is right now. They're a team at the beginning of their run. For me, that was the Sixers last year. Mm-hmm. You know what? It was after years of them being absolutely horrible, them being deliberately horrible. Years of that, you had a glimpse of it that first that uh you had a glimpse of, of it like a small little taste last year. Uh, well, two years ago, when 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 you first saw Embiid play, they won thirty. Yeah, you know, they won thirty games, and you know it, it was. He still, played limited games, limited limited but minutes. Still, but in but that, you can see his you, effect you, on the court. You saw, like, okay, all right, 
if this guy can somehow put it together health wise, he's going to be special. Absolutely. And, and and honestly, to a lesser extent, you saw Dario and you're like, okay, he could be good too. Dario I'm had not, physical limitations, mm-hmm. but he was a ball player. Yeah. You saw He is you, a ball player. You saw that you're you're like, okay, here's a draft where we you know, here's a draft where we waited three years to see those players. Mm-hmm. And now that we've seen them, we got ball players. Exactly. You know, and this is what we've want this is what we've wanted this whole time. Let me shout out if if I may if I may, let me shout out my man Dan Roche from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Because it was a conversation that he and I had in the newsroom of NBC Sports Philadelphia one time in, in, in the middle of, air quotes, the process. And basically, we were just talking about what the team had. And basically, Dan Rose, we all affectionately call him Booney, said, hey, man, this team needs to get some MFers that can play. <laughs> That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Like, this team needs to get some MFers that can play. And then you and saw right. Embiid. Yeah, he was absolutely right. But you saw Embiid, you saw Dario, and I looked at him, and I'm like, these guys can play. You happy with these? Now, now Dario didn't turn out to be a star, but he was. He got good enough that you could use him to get you Jimmy a Jimmy Butler. So to me, that's a success. You're, you're able to flip Dario Sarge and get Jimmy Butler. Dario Sarge mm. and Robert Covington, Covington, who was what a second round, second draft round, pick? Pick, yes. Yeah. To me, yeah. So for for me, the fact that you could take two process players and get a player like Jimmy Butler, process success. Absolutely. However, however, but what I'm saying is that first year, last year, Sixers in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you were a little, you were happy to be there. You were at that's. True. You, after everything the team had been through the previous four years, I always you were absolutely happy to be there. You're you're a basketball junkie like I'm a basketball junkie. Mm-hmm. Let me take you in the way back machine because there's a a, a, a basketball moment that kind of always sticks out in my mind. Houston against Minnesota, first round of the playoffs. I believe Houston sweeps Minnesota. This is Minnesota with KG and Stephon Marbury. Houston moves on. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, who had been garbage since they came into the league, get their first taste of the playoffs. End of that game, Charles Barkley pulls Stephon Marbury and KG aside. And you see how, you know, at the end of the series, you always see the yeah. players playing, you know, players talking or whatever. He pulls, he pulls Steph and he pulls KG aside. And they're talking whatever, you know. So after, after the game, after everything, they ask, they asked Barkley, what did you say to those two guys? And he was saying, hey, I hope y'all enjoyed this because now it's expected. The first year is always the most fun because, you know, you know there are no expectations. You're just there for the ride. But from now on, it's expected. Philadelphia, in their first year going to the playoffs, after the process, mm-hmm. got to the second round. Exactly. At that point, nobody was trying to see a first-round exit. There were a lot of people, realistic or unrealistic, who felt like this season would be a failure if they didn't get to the NBA Finals. Once again, 
that's not the di- that's not the point of the discourse. I see your face. However, there were plenty of people in the Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia fan base who felt like it was NBA Finals or bust. Remember what play- I said about Boston fans? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't apply to just Boston. No, fans. no, oh no, yeah, yeah, it's universal. However, there were still and there were still people who felt like okay, maybe not NBA Finals, but Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, there there was a lot of that talk as well. Eastern Conference Championship. You look at this series. Now look, realistically, realistically, Toronto was a better team. Yeah. We knew Toronto was a better team. Correct. We knew the we knew as good as the Sixers could be, they weren't as good as Milwaukee and they weren't as good as Toronto. That I disagree slightly. Okay. I think the Sixers absolutely could beat Milwaukee. You think so? Absolutely. The okay. Ma- they match up very they match well. Up better, they match up better than they do Toronto. Toronto, I thought, was a terrible matchup for okay. the Sixers. Okay. Either way, the fact of the matter is they finished third in the league. So they had to get through a terrible matchup to get to Milwaukee. So it was going to be hard enough for the Sixers to even get to Milwaukee. And to get to, you know... But none, but nonetheless, there's a lot of disappointment in Philadelphia. There is a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of finger pointing. I talked about in the last segment how Denver's optimistic. Mm-hmm. In Houston, there's finger pointing. In Boston, there's a lot of finger pointing. In Philly, there's some finger pointing. There is some blame. There, there are plenty there, of people who are putting blame on Joel right. Embiid for not staying now, healthy. Now, now I'm a hop and, in right uh, here. Oh, 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 a, I, I know you do. Let me just finish my point because I'm, I'm almost done. Let me finish my point and then I will step aside and I'll let you go in. There are a lot of people pointing the finger at Joel Embiid because of his health, and there are a lot of people uh, bl- blaming Ben Simmons who feel like he has his game has not evolved enough. This is the first offseason. And that's why I wanted to stop you. Okay. I, let, let, that's let me, exactly let, why I wanted okay, to stop let, you. I, I know you do. Let me, I, I'm, I'm almost finished. Let me, let me make this point. I'll, I'll, I will gladly concede the floor because I feel like there are people who – there are people – this is the – well, let me say this. This is the first season, uh, the first season, the first offseason, the first summer that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have some heat on them. They're going to feel that Philadelphia heat. There's some ire. You know, they're, they're, they're drawing some ire. Right or wrong, fair or foul, the fact of the matter is there's heat on those two guys for the first time in their career. And it will be interesting to see how those two players react. I like what I've seen so far. It's You know, they were bothered. They were angry. Joel Embiid said a lot of things that, that you know, encouraged player, uh, encouraged fans in this fan base. You know, he came in. He was very, you know, he he blamed himself. He 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 publicly and verbally held himself accountable for his health and his conditioning. Ben Simmons, maybe not as much. I liked what he said. You know, he 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 vowed to continue to work on his game. I think there are people in this city there are people in this city who were who have an issue with him still working out with his brother. I think that's kind of silly. There are people who have an issue with him playing for the Australian national team. I equally think that's silly. 
But nonetheless, they got some heat on them. And it, and this is the first time they've had heat on them. All right. Now, I'm going to get through this as quickly as I can. Okay. Because we've got a lot of, we got to get to other stuff in this segment. <laughs> Regardless of your feelings about Ben Simmons, and I like Ben Simmons, his game has not evolved. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about that. Okay. Zero evolution in his game. Zero. From the time you first saw him step on an NBA court until now, there's not one thing you could say when you watch him play he does differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe some things have gotten a little better. But as far his game has not evolved. He actually actually he can't just improve his current working skill set. That's not good enough for Ben Simmons. He has to truly evolve and expand his game. And that he has not done at this point. At this point, Ben Simmons, I don't know whether it's from a lifetime of coddling or overconfidence or fear or what what it is. But he has a comfort zone that he plays in. And until he steps outside of that current comfort zone, he is what he is. I don't think that he's hit his ceiling. I think he's very capable of stepping outside of that comfort zone and developing into an all-world player. That is not what we've seen from Ben Simmons at this point. My true hope is that somewhere this summer, Jimmy Butler, a guy who knows what it's like to get in the NBA and have to evolve your game, specifically on the offensive end, grabs a hold of Ben Simmons and says, come on, you're with me this summer. Let's go to work. That's truly my hope. But at this point, that's a wait-and-see type of thing. Because from year one with the broken foot to year two, year two he played, and then from year two to this was year three, year two on the court, we've seen zero evolution from Ben Simmons. He's still completely unwilling to shoot the jump shot. He still looks timid at times attacking the rim because he doesn't. he's not always completely comf- confident in his free throw shot. You still see him leave his feet when he gets in the lane and then be in the air looking to pass, which leads to turnovers. These are the things which, as a point guard specifically, you would think he'd be working hard to develop. The ability to space the floor and create more room for his teammates. The ability to make more solid decisions and not just get up in the air and see what happens, make the instinct play. You can get away with that at lower levels. You can get away with that in college because you're so much more talented than everyone else. Pros, everyone's an all-star, all all ACC, all Big East, all Big Ten. These are are who the guys are that are in this league. Mm -hmm. Mental mistakes and thinking you're going to get by on talent alone don't work in the NBA. We've seen a lot of guys fall short because they thought they could get by on their talent. Mm. 
without doing the the little things they need to do to really polish their skill set. So when I say I haven't seen evolution yet from Ben Simmons, I haven't. I've seen improvement in certain things, but no. Evolution in his game, this is going to be a big summer for Ben Simmons, but I also think he's very capable of it. I think Jimmy Butler in his in his postseason, in his exit interview, exit press conference that he did, sounds like a man who wants to be back. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris gave me the impression he wants to be back. This was his first of the taste of the playoffs, and they went all the way down to the wire of a game mm-hmm. seven. I with a team that still has a fairly young core and only 25 games together. They're expecting to be back and expecting to be better. Things are on the up for the Sixers. Mm -hmm. There's pressure. Yes, like you said, there's going to be for the first time in Ben Simmons' life some real pressure to get better. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, you're the man. Mm -hmm. It's not that anymore for Ben Simmons. The stuff is about to get real for Ben Simmons. Honeymoon's over. Honeymoon's over. Honeymoon's over. Man, but, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Now, Joel Embiid, however, for him, I think the honeymoon was already over. What I think this year was, was people just, I don't want to call it a honeymoon. I want to call it people be wanting to see he can get through a season without a real inju- without an injury. And he did. No real injuries for Embiid this year. Yeah, but I My, think minor pe- pe- bumps and bruises. I think people and- will point to his post All Star missing all those games post All Star game. Mm-hmm. Now the knee soreness, yeah. the tendonitis, whatever now, you want to call it. I, I guess in by definition, it was not a quote unquote major injury. Mm-hmm. But I think people will people will look at the time he spent on the bench, time time away, games missed, and kind of equate the two and bring draw the two together. But from, Now, from that standpoint, though, I think Embiid, at this point in his career and going forward, most people are going to be happy with 65, 70 games a year from Embiid. I, I, think, I, I think that's about yeah, the honest but, expectation but I, from him. I, I agree, but I honestly also feel like with – had it been 65, 67 games and those missed games were more spread out over the season mm. and he finished with 67 games, I think you would be pleased. Whereas it was a bunch of games in the second half of the season because it was so many games, in, you know, so many games in a row, so many games clumped together, more people associate that with another injury. People need to pay more attention. They're not. It's people not are people. People are people. People are people. But I feel like Joel on He needs to commit to his diet, his conditioning. Okay. Yeah. He, needs, he needs to commit Agreed. to making sure Agreed. his body is fully prepared for whatever is going to come over the course of an 82-plus game NBA season. Agreed. He can't plan for 82 games. He has no. to plan for 100 games. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because this, plan, this team has plans – to go deep into playoffs. Yeah. Honestly, and I feel like that we – 
we live in a day and time where I feel like maybe once upon a time, the thought of a nutritionist, a thought of, you know, a cook, a chef, whatever, might have kind of seen, might, might have come off and had a stigma just being corny, mm-hmm. unnecessary, something you don't want to do. But nowadays, you can find nutritionists, you can find cooks who can come in and hook up a meal that is healthy that you are going to like. It's like, okay, it's, it doesn't have to be you, like, you and I, you know, we might have to deal with the corny cook because we just can't afford more, you know? Mm-hmm. If we want to eat healthy, you know, we got we to gotta figure it out. But now Joel and B could probably get somebody who's cool, you know what I mean? Who's cool, who can hook up a good meal and get you right. And it's not like Joel and B, it's not like you remember Fat Shack, not 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 Shaq Diesel, not Orlando Shaq, not even first year in Miami Shaq when he was just Diesel. I'm talking like Boston Shaq. First year in Miami was Fat. No, first year in Miami he was Diesel Shaq. But nah, second he was, year, the, nah, he, was second, and he was fat. Now he, nah, he start well. He started Diesel Shack. He was just less fat mm-hmm. than he was in L.A. Okay, so okay, pe- okay, okay. Too So pe- people okay. remember okay. him as being nah. Okay. He, he was fat in Miami. Okay, he just wasn't three hundred and seventy pounds like he okay. was the okay. last year in L.A. So when they was, lost to the Detroit. Yeah. Okay. So he was like three hundred twenty pounds. Nah, he was bigger than like three fifty. Shaq at three twenty was in shape. That's mm-hmm. a big dude. Mm-hmm. Shaq at three twenty was still winning okay. championships with the Lakers. Right. The, the fact that the Shaq fact at three fifty mm-hmm. was the last man down court. Is Joel Embiid fat? Not I'm not yet. saying I'm not saying out of shape. I'm saying is he fat? No, he's not fat. I mean, because clearly he seemed out of shape. Mm-hmm. These are two different. Because I'm uh, I'm trying to make two different points. Because I'm not debating that Joel Embiid was out of shape. No, he especially was definitely out play- of shape. You know, especially in the playoffs. But he wasn't fat. He was heavier. Heavier. He was above out of shape. He was above his normal above his weight. weight. But he was but he wasn't fat. Bottom line is there's something that you can work with. Mm-hmm. You're at a point where you can where you can curb this before this gets egregious. Absolutely. That's where he is with this. And I think in I think Joel more than Ben is capable of saying the right things. Whereas when Joel and whether or not he can do it, whether or not he will do it is another story. But when Joel speaks on something, fans walk away, you know, satisfied. Whereas Ben might give an answer that in essence, when you listen to it, you're like, okay, all right. It's cool, but there'll be more people nitpick. You know, he he doesn't say enough to stop the nitpicking. Like I think I'm I'm going back to his uh, his uh, end end season interview, and I believe it was how I believe it was Eskin that was grilling him and grilling. And but he was giving him one one word answers, and people were killing him about it. But the one word answers were what you want to hear. Are you going to work on your game? Yeah. What else you need him to say? You ask him, was he going to work on it? He says yes. Now, if he doesn't work on it, that's a whole nother story. But I don't need him. To, but you, I feel I don't need him to expound on this. Hey, you want to work on your game? Yeah, cool. Now all you got to do is work on your game. There I disagree. And I disagree because mm-hmm. you do need Ben Simmons to expound because Ben Simmons 
for all his positives, mm -hmm. is not a guy who's ever acknowledged his flaws. He thinks, okay. And just, and he seems somewhat hesitant to accept any kind of public mm. criticism or public acknowledgement of his flaws, which I think is in itself a flaw. Mm. His almost fear or reluctance to, for example, of shooting jump shots. I'm not great at it, so I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to accept those flaws. Be willing. People are going to see you have flaws. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. that's, some, that, that's something I think needs to be okay. addressed with Simmons. Well, let me, let me, I per, personally, for me, I disagree with you. And this is why I disagree. To me, I would, for me, mm -hmm. I would rather see it. I think seeing that improvement is more important than him articulating it to me. Now I'm now I'm not saying that he will. I'm not promising that he will. However, I need. All right. I, I would rather. See, I, I agree. I I need to see it. Now, see, I, agree. I don't. I don't you, we of course we want to see it, mm -hmm. but with a guy who at this point we haven't seen any hints of that from, okay. and we also haven't seen any hint of him acknowledging his flaws, mm -hmm. it seems a safe bet that the first step to actually addressing those flaws and being able to see it is yeah. actually accepting that they exist. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to accept that they exist sometimes. Uh, well, I will say this. He doesn't publicly do it. And... For for me, being somebody who only sees him on television, who only sees him through press conferences, who only see you know who I see him through my bubble. And you know, I was there with you until game. I believe it was game one. Mm -hmm. Game one of Toronto. Of no, game one of the Brooklyn okay. series. Okay. Sixers stunk it up. Stunk it up. Yes, they bad. Did. Yeah. Joel and B. We talked about this for mm -hmm. briefly before. Yeah. Kind of made some comments that led us into Ben Simmons' psyche about him having a fear of the booze and mm -hmm. such, yeah. which is part of what I'm basing my a teammate's assessment mm -hmm. of his hesitance to mm -hmm. be criticized or booed. Mm -hmm. That says something, and I don't want to say that he'll never get there because I'm the first one to tell people he's 22 years old. He's yeah. a, he's a kid still. He's he's 22 years old, and I I feel. I feel like that is an understated that but, is an understated element. Let me look because honestly, I feel like people nowadays in this in this era of sports dialogue, people want to make sweeping you know want to make sweeping indictments of players. Sweep sweeping indictments. Here it is, you know what? Ben Simmons will never get better. Ben Simmons will never de develop a jump shot. How can you say that against 22 years old? Now, I I differ in your in how you view evolution. I understand what you said about about you feeling like you have not seen evolution in Ben Simmons's game. Mm -hmm. I understand that. However, I I tie improvement into evolution. And to me, I feel like the improvement that the improvements in Aspects of in performance, mean, meaning more points, more rebound, more rebounds, 
better field goal percentage, better free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. To me, that gives me hope for more evolution. I under, I am not, and I feel like when you say, I feel like people treat when you say that as if saying he does not need to develop a jump shot. Of course he needs to develop a jump shot. That's not what, his need to develop a jump shot goes without saying. You know it. I know it. Stevie Wonder can see that he needs but, to develop a jump shot. Now, I, and I saw you in this debate on social media this week, and I stayed out of it I intentionally hmm? because I absolutely thought you were raw. Okay. Because I forgot who it was you were d- discussing uh, it with. Uh, I think a reporter from a reporter from. So, yeah, but, yeah. But you, he said Ben Simmons did his game hasn't evolved, hmm? and you said he was making sweeping indictments. When I read his statement, I didn't think he was making any indictments at all. I actually agreed with him mm-hmm. completely. And I say that because as I start as I as I mentioned earlier, you can work on the same stuff you're already doing, mm-hmm. but what that translates into on the court, you're still doing the same things you were always doing. Mm-hmm. You might be a little more efficient. Mm-hmm. But your game is the same. What I took from what he was that reporter was saying mm-hmm. was Ben Simmons actually has to develop and evolve and expand and start using different parts of of the game, start venturing out into different things. Mm-hmm. That's what I took when I hear someone say your game needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. If, well, listen. Okay, like, I'm sorry, like, ahead, if I hear, ahead. okay, Andre Iguodala needs to improve his jump shot. That's not me hearing Andre Iguodala's game needs to evolve. Andre Iguodala's game was actually very complete. He just couldn't shoot. Mm -hmm. So he needed to work. But the overall feel of the game, the timing of it, the the feel of it, the everything else, he had it. it. Mm -hmm. His game didn't need to evolve. He needed to develop one skill set. Okay. Ben Simmons doesn't have one skill set. It's not like he just needs to become a more accurate shooter. That's he needs not, to learn how to shoot. Well, but it's not. That's that's the thing. It's not that he has to learn how to shoot better. Shooting is not something that's part of his game right now. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a real change to the way you play, the way you approach the game completely. Mm-hmm. When we say his game needs to evolve, okay. it needs to turn into a different creature. Okay, I get that. Can can I can I interject now? Mm-hmm. I understand that, and this is where I believe that you are wrong. And this is where I believe this guy is wrong. I, I this is where I respectfully disagree, because I do I feel like, especially in his argument, I feel like he. I feel like he tried to downplay stats as an as an as an. Uh, I feel like he tried to downplay stats to support his argument. I thought his argument was kind of rudimentary because it's I because he he came at it from. He said he needs to evolve. Of course he needs he needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. I understand that. There, I feel like when you people treat defending Ben Simmons as if you're saying he does not need to evolve. But I feel like people also treat him like he can't evolve. But and, uh, no, 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 let me finish. I, let me finish. Let me, let me fin- I, no, I just, uh, real quick, that wasn't what the guy said, though. No, he didn't I, say he no, can't. No, I understand that. I understand that. Okay. But however, but I feel like what I feel like when I feel like when you 
when you downplay stats because I feel like his stats play into his evolve. Into his, I feel it plays into his evolvement. Now we got to get to our next break, but I'm I'm gonna ask you this question. Okay. What statistics, and I mean any, mm-hmm. indicate an evolution in his game? I feel. I'm sorry. I feel I'm, like I'm okay, asking. I'm answering. I feel like his he he scores more. He rebounds more. He shot at a better field. Free, uh, free throw percentage and a better field goal percentage. I feel like that plays into it. I'm not what I'm saying is okay. Here is somebody who's get, who gets better, and now and this is the next step of his evolvement. If he needs to evolve, I understand that, but I feel like too many people tie into evolve. I think people tie into his need to evolve mm-hmm. with his ability to evolve, whether he's capable of evolving. Okay, and I, and I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That being said, this specific conversation mm-hmm. where we're talking about, mm-hmm. the guy never said he couldn't evolve. No, I understand that. But I, I, stop, I, I, let, I understand. Hold on, because hold, I, no, John, no, no, John no, no, hold on, John, hold on. This isn't a this isn't a, a this isn't a situation of failing to see his point, John. Okay, hold on. Okay, because because uh, I'm not even aiming this specifically at you mm-hmm. so, so much as what I hear from. A lot of Ben Simmons fans, Ben Simmons defenders, okay. is similar. We're not choosing sides when we say his game needs to evolve. Okay. When I hear someone say Ben Simmons' game needs to evolve, and I will say the same thing, mm-hmm. stats are meaningless in that conversation. I don't care his field goal percentage went up. Okay. I don't care if his free throw percentage went up. I don't care if his rebounds went up. Mm-hmm. Because he's still doing the exact same things he was doing, okay. and he's still providing the exact same limitations mm-hmm. he was providing to a team. I understand that. When the I, conversation I, is that he needs to evolve, it's more than just be more efficient at the stuff you're mm-hmm. doing. Okay. That. And, okay. And that's actually what the word when when you say the word evolve. It's not become more efficient at the stuff you're doing. It's a, it actually has to transform into something different. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is where this is where the this is the issue that I have with that scenario, with that concept. And I understand we're up against a break. Mm-hmm. However, I do I disagree. No stats are not meaningless. Stats play a very big part of it. They play they play a huge part of it. I think it's unfair to say no stats are meaningless. Stats are not meaningless because I feel like and let me no, let me make my point. Mm-hmm. Let me make my point because how because I feel like too many people when they talk about his need to evolve, I feel like the stats show that it can because if because if you become more if you become more efficient, if you're working hard at becoming more efficient, that at that age a player. 22 years old Mm -hmm. that's the next step whether he will whether he can i don't know however i i see someone who has worked to become more efficient Mm -hmm. so now the next step is to complete his game he hasn't yes and right or wrong true true or false all right he has an incomplete game he has a very incomplete game okay he has an incomplete game nobody's nobody's debating that has he shown you any to me has he shown you anything that indicates he's taken any steps towards completing his game since you've seen him on the court in the NBA? 
the problem that yes or no question yes but what's that what but have this, you, but this what is the problem you, you asked me this question but I, then you I, sit there and I, then, but you yeah, it was a yes or no question yes. i'm asking I'm, you another question yes my next question is what have you seen to make you because you're, you're yeah we're, we're talking about completing a game yes not, i'm not talking about higher percentages of the things you already do well no, but, I'm but, talking about but, but adding to those. Things. I understand, but the the but the efficiency of his game gives me hope that he can, that he can complete his game. That's how it ties in. That, okay. that that's how it ties in. But, Whether you, but, I mean, but now, you, you can't now. Now this is now. We're up against the break. Then let's take I'm, a break. I'm, and let's, come, let's, let's, let's take the break. Not, and let's come we're back. We're not coming back to this topic. Okay. We weren't supposed to be on this topic 15 minutes ago. <laughs> when I tried to That's stop you, when I tried to stop you 15 no. minutes ago, you wouldn't let me no. stop you. No, it wasn't. No. I tried. I tried. I thought. Josh. I thought you uh, were right. gonna, okay. Now, okay. I'm, I'm gonna right. let the people inside the window now. All right. I'm looking at our timer. It's at 59 minutes. <laughs> at 35. At, at 34 minutes, you were on a rant, and I knew we needed to transition to Houston because we haven't talked about <laughs> Houston yet. We were supposed to do this in this segment. Man, you and brought I, old boy that to give me some of that smoke, man. And that I was the wanted, problem. And I wanted to stop you, you then old boy so I could get smoke. my Philly point in and we could get to Houston in the second half of this segment. I gave, gonna... I gave up on Houston in this segment <laughs> because you blew root right through me trying to <laughs> stop you so we could. So this, right. this is a Philly segment. All right. All right. But that being said. I understand your. I'm not saying Ben Simmons isn't a hard worker. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're mm -hmm. saying. That's not what anyone's saying here. What we're saying is that he has to expand the scope of the things he's working yes. on. Yes. That. Yes, but uh, but all, all, all and I understand. And this is my final point on this. Mm -hmm. All we have is a difference of opinion on what gives you hope that he can. I feel like his. Of him improving his efficiency gives me hope that his game will evolve. You asked and me, what have I seen from Ben Simmons's game that gives me hope or gives me mm -hmm. that makes me think that he can evolve? I think his stats and his improvement as his improvement in his efficiency has gives me hope and gives me and makes me think that he will then work on that. Because just like you said, and 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 uh, and just like you said, does my you. You know what? You know what? And I, 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 I will I, say this. Mm -hmm. and, I, I know we got and, and, I, and I love um, and I love Ben Simmons, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be consistent when I say this. Okay. Players' instincts, players' tendencies mm -hmm. are the hardest thing to change. Understood. And that's what we're saying has to be changed about Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. So it's not that there's no hope that he can't. Mm -hmm. It's the matter of you can't say he will until he does. Okay. And that, so when we hear us say he needs to evolve, mm -hmm. it's not that we don't have hope that he can. He's very much capable of it. But we've also seen a lot of players that we thought were capable of it that never did. Understood. But we've we've also seen it. We've also seen it. Maybe not as as dramatic. It's far more likely the player's game does not evolve. His style of play does not change mm -hmm. in the NBA than it is that it does. Mm -hmm. Greek freaks evolve. Greek freak. And, you know, I'm the first person to compare Ben Simmons to Greek Freak. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Let's also be honest about this. Greek Freak in his rookie year shot over 100 threes even though he was broke. Mm -hmm. Next year he was down in the 80s. Year after that he was back up well over 100. Mm -hmm. And even now while his percentage is not the greatest, it's a shot he likes. He always showed the willingness to shoot it. Okay. Ben Simmons will go a whole season might shoot one. Fine. 
understand that. So we're, look, I, we're looking I, I, at a change of instinct we're, here. we're looking at a change of instinct, but where are we getting this kid at this change of instinct? At 22 going into 23. I'm not saying that, it's, I'm not saying that he's just going to come in next year and he's going to be Reggie Miller. But what I am saying is, look, I believe his, his stats are why I believe. If you're saying take away his stats, push them to the side, what have you seen other than that? I'm telling you, you asked me what did mm-hmm. I need. I'm saying this is what I'm basing this on. And, and that's, that's all I'm saying. And I got you. And, I, and what I'm saying is that for the rest of us, what we're basing it on is style of play. And style of, styles of play often and don't change. That's why you're all wrong and I'm right. Mm-hmm. And that's you, what everybody said to me about Kyrie, too. No, I, I uh, said I didn't no, say you. I, I said that's what everybody said to me I, about I Kyrie. Everybody, I'm. That's what I'm everybody brown. said to me about Russell Westbrook. That's what everybody said to me about James Harden. All right, and their styles that's, of play don't change. Ben Simmons, at 22, there's still hope. Yes. No one's saying they're not hope. There's not hope. Mm. What, I think there are plenty of people saying there's not hope. Oh, that's maybe not, not this guy not, I was talking that's to. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's not what he's. Okay. That's not what he said either. Okay. And, I, and I'm not trying to jump on you or defend him, but no, it sounded like you were, man. But, Thought but, you was my man. You, you take his side, man, which is why, which is why I have to be <laughs> honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's not saying he can't, mm-hmm. don't jump on him like he's saying. Which is why his response to you was, "Where are the sweeping indictments?" He was just like, "The guy needs to evolve." You said he needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be those parents whose kids never do wrong, because then your kids don't get better. But, but that's the, but see, see, no, I'm now now I'm stepping away <laughs> because see that was that was the trick. We see here's the problem: if you're a fan of Jonesy and Brown, we do a Sixers podcast. All right, we have an all Sixers podcast. It's called Eighty Three to Infinity. If you download I think we just this did podcast, that in the last yeah, yeah. Uh, a big chunk of this this discussion will be included in that podcast. But I'm not going to fall. See, you, you're not going to sit here and hold me and say, "Hey, I was the reason why this segment went too long," and then try and then try to put that one out over there, right? As I walk, I. I said that it was all I had to say. I threw my hands up and I backed up from the mic. And then you, man, no. No. We'll be. You gonna take us to break? Yeah, break. <laughs> you feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio, take one. Behold the angry giant. Try it again, Alberto. Behold the angry giant. Perfect. Good luck tonight. Behold the angry giant. Yay, read me another one, Dad. This is WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. 
The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to apologize for the previous segment. (laughs) There were some technical difficulties, some formatting errors. No, 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 and no. There was none of that. Let me tell you what you need to be apologizing for. This dude tried to give me some smoke on Twitter, and you came on this show and took his side. You need to be apologizing to me. I don't care if you agree with him. I don't care if you think he was right. You're supposed to be my homie. You're supposed to ride for me. But he didn't actually try to give you any smoke on Twitter. Yes, he did. You came at him. I didn't come at him. I ain't coming him. He I don't po- come at no. I, look, man. He made his own post. He made his ben own. Ben Simmons po- needs to evolve yeah. this game, I which made, is a true he, statement. Look, man. He you made agreed his, with the statement yourself. I agree, a couple I agree minutes with. Ago. I agree with the statement, but I just felt and like. And then you decided to go at him. No, I didn't go at him. I just pointed out so, an issue that I had with his with his post, and then you come in here and you take his side. I don't even. I can't even remember what that guy's name is. Let, let me let me look that dude's name up here so I can give him his proper disrespect. <laughs> Screw that guy. Anyway, oh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll find it later. I'll have it for the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we, you're supposed we've, we've to be got my one man, more, though. We've got one more post-mortem. Yes. Western Conference. <laughs> See, in, here's a... In, in the 2018 playoffs, mm-hmm. t- a year ago, this yes. is 2019, 2018, 2017-2018 yes. season, 2018 NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. in the Western Conference... There was a team looking to defend a, t- a title, mm-hmm. and there was a I don't, somewhat, I don't want to say rebuilt, but new look team that was coming for the crown. Okay. The new look team had a 3-2 lead mm-hmm. on the defending, t- defending Th- champs. Defending champs, yes. When the second best player on the new look team went down with an injury. Mm-hmm. They had a 3-2 lead when this injury happened. Mm-hmm. They lost a series 4-3. Didn't win another game. For the entire offseason, the narrative was, if we didn't lose this guy, y'all didn't stand a chance. We'd have beat you. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, we get to the 2019 playoffs. After a full season of this same conversation, yes, we'd have beat you. We should have beat you. We lucky we weren't full squad. That type of talk mm-hmm. from this new look team and their fans. Why are we keeping the team's name a secret? Well, everybody knows. Well, I mean, it's, it's, not the, a it's the Houston Rockets. Everyone knows. Why, why are we talking like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's no, it's no secret. Like we can't name their names. It's good storytelling. Okay, all right. My bad. Did I ruin it? Did I ruin the moment? So, okay. We've got this team now in quest of another title, a third straight title defense. They're in quest of a what? A fourth in five years. Yes. The, yeah, this will be their fourth in five years. Yeah, and. As it so happens, these same two teams, the defending champ again, 
And last year's new look team coming back, they're not a new look team anymore. They came back with this same core, thinking to dethrone the champs again. This year we're healthy. This year, healthy, somehow they managed to be trailing three games to two. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. It was 2-2 when the defending champs lost definitely one of their two best players. Mm -hmm. Probably, in most people's opinions, for sure in my opinion, their best player. Best play well, and in my opinion, the best, best player, player in the league, league yeah. goes down. And somehow, this same team couldn't win another game. You lose your best player, and that's all the excuses you need. Not your, You lose your second best player, and that's all the excuses you need. Mm -hmm. The other team loses the best player in the league, and you still can't win another game. It's time to rebuild the Houston Rockets. Okay. And I say we start with the coach. I feel like Houston Rockets, Mike D'Antoni, you knew what you were getting. And that's not even – I don't even say that as like like to defend him. It's like you, you knew what you were getting. Exactly. And the Houston Rockets are pretty much who you thought they would be with that coach. Mm -hmm. They play like a Mike D'Antoni team. Exactly. So – it's time to it's, rebuild, it's, it's time and we're to starting with the coach. Start, where do you go after that? Do you, do you get rid of James Harden? Is it time that, to trade? I don't know that anybody wants James Harden's contract. Oh yeah, of course they don't want that contract. He's about to be making close close to fifty million a year. So so if James Harden's style of play, something that you have been a staunch critic of for years. But, and that true, that being said, D'Antoni's system, mm -hmm. I think, is as much of a culprit in James Harden's style of play as James Harden is. Mm -hmm. It enables him. He did appear to be a better decision maker, decision maker and more willing passer when he was in OKC. Mm -hmm. I will give Harden credit for that. But you put him in D'Antoni's system and tell him you have the green light for whatever you want to do, that's it's over. He's mm -hmm. done now. He'll never be he'll never make it back. No, well, yeah, of course. I think and and not to rehash old conversations, but we talked about evolution of game. Mm hmm And you you know, Ben Simmons is twenty two, so there's still hope. There's still at hope. This, yes. At this point, James Harden is James Harden. Exactly. You know, and he this is, is who is what, he is. At this yeah, point. he is who he is, and and this is and and I understand for all the people who talk about uh, Ben Simmons and his need to evolve. This is what you're afraid of. This is what you yes. you know. This this is what you're afraid this of. This is you're, the fear. Yeah. This is that the fear you that you'll get. That, yeah, like, that this is who he'll be. Mm -hmm. This is who he. And so you know, at this point, you know, you talked about you, like a guy who had all the talent, all the physical tools could was capable of doing everything you wanted 
but got stuck in that same yes. rut of this is yes. what I do, this yes. is the way I'm going to do it. James Harden. Yeah. To an extent, Russell Westbrook, yes. although Russell Westbrook has shown some. Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony. Unwilling to evolve their yes. game. Yes. And that's the fear. Yes, that is the fear. I understand. I understand. But now – but. As we circle back to now Houston, who is now out of the playoffs, now been basically embarrassed. I feel like, you know what, just like you said, they brag. Maybe brag is a poor choice of words. But they maintain they their maintain story. That they maintain that they would have won. We could have beat you. Mm-hmm. We would have beat you. We should have won. They maintained and held on to that story all up until this year and got outclassed. Absolutely. I felt like Golden State outclassed uh, Houston this year. Oh, it wasn't even close. You know, you thought the although you thought that Houston, there were a lot of people, not you because I I I know you and I talk sports with you for two to three to four hours every week. Mm-hmm. But there were still plenty of people who thought that if any team was going to knock off the Golden State Warriors, it was going to be the Houston Rockets. There, that was most people's thoughts. That, that was a lot of people's thoughts. Then there were some of us who just thought nobody was going to knock no, off the Warriors. No, there was you. All right, <laughs> it was you. But no, but nonetheless, but nonetheless. The, when it got time to throw the ball up and play basketball, it looked for a good portion of that series like Houston didn't even belong in the same court with uh, Golden State. Hey, you know what? I'm going to say this, too. Go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Go ahead. To all those people out there, I had to pause <laughs> because we're a family-friendly show. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, yes, we are. So to all of you people out there who, for some reason, like to think that, oh, Steph's not that good. Oh, Steph fell off. Steph is overrated. This is the last time I'm last time I will say this. Mm-hmm. Prior to Patrick Beverly and someone asking Durant about Patrick Beverly and Kevin Durant looking at the media and saying, you you know who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to that, Steph scored 38, 36, I think it was, 28, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then that conversation happened. And Durant proceeded to go 40, 40, 40, 50, 40. Mm-hmm. And while they may win like that, when one guy is taking that many shots, what do I always say happens to the rest of the team? They stand back and watch. They don't and they get do. out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. So now Durant's out. Steph has to be more aggressive, has to start looking for his shots again. His game didn't fall off. This is what I tell people about basketball all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't have one guy doing that. Because when everybody else stands around watching, no matter how good they are or should be, they're not in rhythm. Mm -hmm. Look at the difference in one year between Victor Oladipo and OKC and Victor Oladipo in Indiana. Mm -hmm. You'd never think they were the same player because on one team he was standing around watching and on another team he was actually a part of the offense. Mm -hmm. Look at Terry Rozier from uh, playing with – From last year to this year. Yes. You can't ignore the people. 
you cannot ignore this part of the game. To an extent, look at James Harden from when he was playing with Russell Westbrook to when he when he left. Now the problem is, I don't know what that. But to to the the problem is who James Harden evolved into. The player he then became was more along the lines of Russell Westbrook. But the fact of the matter, once he once once he got away from that and was able to, you know, wasn't standing around watching Russ. You got to see the full greatness that was James, James Harden. James Harden. Unfortunately, but unfortunately it was in the Tony's yeah, system. Unfortunately, and... it then led to all of Houston standing around watching him. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I mean to but to your point. I mean, you're you're absolutely right, but I feel like the the drop off. Golden State is so good, and they're so such a well rounded team that even when their offense is slowed down by one person taking all the shots, what have they slowed down to? All right, you're right. You 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 are right, but at the same time. I have to remind people of this about Golden State. Okay. Because everybody likes to talk about how loaded their roster is, how stacked they are. They're top-heavy. I mean, it, are oh, they? Oh. They There is one player on that roster who was drafted higher than number five. Mm-hmm. There are zero number one picks on that roster. One no, number no, two pick. N- number one overall. One, number oh, one overall. Okay. Okay. There is zero number one overall picks. There are... Well, Iguodala was a lottery pick, but he's old and break bodies breaking down. Sean Livingston was a body was a lottery pick prior to the devastate the ugliest injury I've ever seen in sports. I don't I don't even like to talk so ugly I don't like to talk about it. That's that's how ugly that was. Mm-hmm. Then Steph Curry, who was a number seven pick, and Everybody, when he came in the league, was like, oh, he might not make it. He's too fragile. He's too, too fragile, this, too, too small. Yeah, His ankles. Like, it's, 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 Draymond Green was a second-round pick. Undersized guard out of Davidson, mm-hmm. you know. Draymond Green was a second-round pick who n- nobody thought would be more than a rotation piece off the bench. Give you 10 minutes a game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson, who what late lottery. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought he'd pretty much be one-dimensional as well. Mm-hmm. And so this is now the team that everyone says, oh, it's unfair, it's unlo- it's too loaded. Is that – okay. Now, I know people are mad about how the team was built. Mm-hmm. But well, I, I think that's, – that's, that's one player acquisition. Yeah. One. Yeah, I, like I think mo- like most people applauded – how Golden State was built up until the signing of Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I think very few people could, very few people did have a problem with the way Golden State was built pre-Durant. Here was a team built through the draft, not with a bunch of lottery picks. They, you know, with some good free, you know, good quality free agent signings. You know, getting getting Andre Iguodala, mm-hmm. getting Andre Iguodala, and putting him in a position where he is strictly a role, yeah, a, uh, six a role, man. yeah, six man and a role player. You know, uh, Sean Livingston. A lot of people had pretty much given up and left for dead. Mm-hmm. Thought he could never be a contributor. But this is making my point even more as to the cop. Like, 
the Sixers jettisoned Andre Iguodala because while he was good, he wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean Livingston, after the knee injury, everyone had pretty much said yeah, he's done. Yeah. He'll never be a ball player. He'll never be the same again. Mm-hmm. Th- these are the guys we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, oh, this team is so loaded. There it is. Look at, for example, I don't know, the Lakers right now. Mm. <laughs> what kind of talent is that roster supposed to have? All the high draft picks and everything mm-hmm. else. It, there's more to it than just the pedigree of the talent. You actually have to have players who are willing to play good basketball. Most guys grew up being the man and getting highlights and all the attention and want to do all the yeah. flashy, fancy stuff. Yeah, in the NBA, almost every guy was a guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in high school, you know, junior high, AAU, whatever, you know, whatever basketball. But in the NBA, yeah. every guy with rings plays good basketball. Every guy used to be the man, mm-hmm. but every guy with rings played okay. good basketball. Mm-hmm. Not everybody who was the man gets a ring in the NBA. That is true. It's a whole lot of them that don't. That is true. The ones that do take the time to realize what good basketball is. Guys like, I mean, think about, I hate to do this. I feel sick to my stomach doing this myself. Why do it? The Boston Celtics. Not the current iteration, but the previous one. Garnett, Pierce, Mm. Ray Allen, Rondo. Mm-hmm. If those guys that came together and said, and any one of them had said, I'm the man, y'all have to work off me. If Paul Pierce said, this is my team, I'm the man, y'all have to play off me, they'd have never won a championship. Okay. If KG, Ray Allen, any of them had said that, they'd have never won a championship. They had the skill sets to be the man, each and every one of them. They had shown it their whole careers. But you actually put a good team. And these guys understand, now, these guys specifically understand we have to come together and play good mm-hmm. basketball. There have been plenty of teams where you've seen lots of talent and they never even made it to the finals. That is true. And you can usually pin that on the style of ball they were playing. Mm-hmm. Golden State and bit, an argument I was having with James Lewis, the guy who st- who I started Lance J Radio with. Yes, I and can already tell you. I can already tell he's right. I'm taking I, his side <laughs> over yours. I was talking to him mm-hmm. and our business manager Pat Green the other day. Okay, and the conversation was along these lines where, well, f- of course, I have to tell you where it started. Oh boy, I'm not going to stay there. Mm-hmm. I don't even want you to respond to this because we're not staying there. Mm-hmm. No, no problem. I'm, the I'm, conversation started fire Brett Brown, and then not taking that bait. I, I, we're not staying there. Not staying there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then, go and ahead. then it, the suggestion was replace him with Mark Jackson. Oh, see, and and and, and 
and I didn't even want to get into the Sixers stuff of it. Ladies and gentlemen, John just took off his head, headset and walked away from the microphone. I'm not taking the bait. You're I will be point. doing this so solo for the next possible, you, you, no, possibly I'm, I'm, for the next couple of minutes. I'm, I'm back. Go ahead, make your point. But you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do what you say. <laughs> I'm not jumping in here. Go ahead. And I, and I, 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 so I'm immediately like, and. And I understand there were reasons for the Mark Jackson support, but I immediately went to Mark Jackson is not the hill to die on. If they're coaches you want to see get opportunities, they're groups, you know, minorities you want to see get more chances instead of just the same guys getting, being recycled, great. Mark Jackson is not the hill you want to die on. And all it takes is one look at the style of play Golden State was playing and, yeah, they were a 50-win team with Mark Jackson. Mm -hmm. They also played a lot of 1-4 offense with Steph trying to be that pl single playmaker, and it led to a lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy play, because that's not what fits Steph. Mm -hmm. That's not what fits Clay. You see Steve Kerr come in year one and put in a motion offense where a lot of the ball movement and the player movement away from the ball creates shots and creates offense. And those guys flourished. Flourished. Steph can still be a little loose with the ball and turn it over once or twice, but it won't kill you because mm. you're not looking at him to make every play every mm. time down court. The ball moves, the ball finds the open man. There are truisms to basketball that as much as we like to think, oh, I'm going to reinvent the game. I'm nice. I can do – no. The best teams take the really talented players and, play their and get them to use their talents yes. in a in a sound structure and play to their they play they play to their strength mm -hmm. and basically in in essence we're stating what you and I talk about on this show all, all the, the time. time you know there's there's a surface and then there's digging a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit to say Golden State is loaded. Golden State's, you know, they're so talented. They, you know, they got so much talent. That's low-hanging fruit. You look at that tree as a whole, you see a team that drafted well, signed good free agents, mm -hmm. signed good free agents to good contracts. They were responsible with their money. Responsible with they their money. They didn't just money. go throwing they the max. Yes. Every, Steph yes. Curry was not on a max contract mm -hmm. when they brought in Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody was on, on that team was on a max contract yeah. when they they but were they, responsible. They were responsible, and they made and, and that responsibility as much as, as much turned as, into success. Yeah, it turned into success, and it made it possible to even get better. Mm -hmm. it, it made it response. It made it possible for a team to win seventy three games and then go sign an MVP. Now there was also a no, an anomaly of a salary cap spike yeah. that year. But even still, but not every team in the league had the resources had, yeah. to go throw exactly. money at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant could have went anywhere. Mm -hmm. He could have went anywhere. You know, he he could write his own ticket, but he had an opportunity to get paid pretty comfortably. Kevin Durant ain't broke. And win three, win three championships. Mm -hmm. 
So we can sit there and say all we want. We can talk about all, you know, we can criticize Kevin Durant all we want. And there'll be a lot of people who want to, who, who will want to put that asterisk by his name because he then went to Golden State to win his rings. A ring is a ring. A championship is a championship. Kevin Durant is still, I mean, and, and this is not me. This, and, and trust me, that's not the hill I'm dying on either. Dude, I'm just, I'm just saying. The LeBron's championship. There are plenty of people to put. Yeah, I'm asking. Do I? Because if you're gonna put them next in my in my mind, mm-hmm. and I know there are plenty of people that will argue this with me. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna put an asterisk next to LeBron, I mean to Durant, you gotta put one next to LeBron's too. LeBron went and joined a team with. Uh, yeah. Top three pick, yeah. top four pick. Once again, him, like I said, this is not who was a number this one. Is, pick. This is not the hill I'm dying on either. Based on then they brought in Ray Allen, who was a, mm-hmm. like based on pedigree alone. Yeah. That team was far more loaded than anything Golden State has put on the court in the last five years, based on pedigree. Mm-hmm. Now the way it actually, I, I, I don't know about the way that, it but, actually but functions I, together on the court is a different mm-hmm. thing. I don't but know about, about that, pedigree, but I see your LeBron point. LeBron James was number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade were both top five picks. Mm-hmm. Right now, there alone, mm-hmm. outside of Durant, Golden State has no one picked that high. Mm-hmm. Ray Allen was a top pick. It, the argument as to if you put a asterisk by LeBron's name, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's not that's not what I'm. I personally am debating. I, I'm and, just, I, and I know you're not. Yeah. I'm just saying in general for yeah. those who are like, well, we're going yeah. to do it to Durant. Yeah, you got to do it to both. Do, okay. Yeah, you got to do it to both. Yeah, I mean, they to me. They both went and either, basically either, hand both, go yeah, play with. E- either both or neither. Durant honestly just did it better. Would you say either both or neither? Both or neither. Yeah. Both or neither. And, and to me, personally, neither. neither. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But I'm with you. Don't be mad at Durant because he was better at picking a team than LeBron was. Yeah, I'm. You know, to me, like like I said, for, for me personally, I do not have a problem with what LeBron did. Don't have a problem with Durant did. They they played out their contracts. They didn't mm-hmm. demand the trade. They were free agents. They, they went left. to the best situation and they won rings. The only problem I had with what LeBron did was that he announced it on TV without telling his former team first. Mm. That seemed like a little, like I should at least not have them, if I know I'm leaving a city, mm. leaving a team. But that's mishandling the situation. But that, not, that, yeah. that's, that's what I mean. I, I, don't, yeah. have, I don't have yeah. a problem with him leaving or going to yeah. You want to go to yeah, Miami and win? Yeah. I just think it was, it could have been handled, handled better. It could have been handled, handled better. better. But Understood. I have no problem with what he did. Yeah. Understood. That, that was, that's nitpicking. Like, mm-hmm. LeBron, you want to go to Miami and – Go ahead, have fun, win rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, understood. But he won two. Two was cool, I guess. You know, it's not three, N- not no. one, not two, not, not three. three. Not that four. that that was the standard he set. You know why yeah. he set that standard? Because going in, they thought they had one of the most loaded teams ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. That's what they expected to have and going in. Expecting other teams to start loading. They didn't care if other teams started loading. That was the thing. With mm-hmm. The talent they had, the pedigree they had, and which, which is kind of my point, going in, putting that team together, they thought they were unbeatable. Mm-hmm. It turns out, stylistically, it didn't end up that way. Nope. I knew that going in. Of course you did. I did. No, I, mean, I don't doubt it. No, I, mean, I didn't mean it uh, sarcastically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, of course you did. But, you know... Not ever, like most people thought, oh, he's got thought LeBron was right. They're gonna win four, five, six championships. Mm-hmm. 
turns up, they lost their first one, one, two, lost their fourth one, and they got, everybody bailed. Because they like, yeah, we're done. They knew their run was over. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to win a championship in the NBA. Talent alone doesn't win championships in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And that's why, but that's why we're sitting here, we're mourning the death of the, of the seasons of Denver, Houston, Philly, and Boston. And of those four teams, Philly, I know you say Denver has the most reason for optimism. Mm-hmm. I think it's Philly. I think Philly has the most reason for optimism. I think of those four teams that were eliminated, two of them were on the way up. One of them I have, th- I just think is in limbo. Mm-hmm. Boston, just flat yeah. out in limbo. Yeah. And one I think needs to be completely overhauled. I think we saw the end of the Houston Rockets in their current form this year. Okay. Because it'd be too easy to jump into this conversation with you. And we'd be right back to spending another 45 minutes talking Philly sports. (laughs) I'm not going to do that with you. I'm not going to be to blame this time. You're not going to put this (laughs) on me. You're not going to draw me back into a Philly uh, conversation. You're not going to rot for dudes trying to give me smoke on Twitter. Um, What else are we? I'm not going back and forth with you. Living my best life. <laughs> Look, man, I, I just got to call it how I see it. Whatever, you know? man. You see it wrong. <laughs> I found, uh, I had it in front of me what dude's name was, man. What's your name, guy? <laughs> What's your name? I got, I got, uh, Jason Dumas. Dumas from K Ron News, wherever that is. K R O N. Yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> He's a Philly dude, too. Yeah, screw him. I said So so the fact that he's a Philly dude doesn't give you any any more pause to stop and think. Maybe he's not a hater. Maybe he's big. I didn't call call him a hater. Maybe he's not making sweeping indictments. Maybe he is just being objective, same way me and you were when we said Ben needs to evolve to. Nope, screw that guy. Nope. He's dead to me. He's dead to you. He's dead to me. All right. There you have it. Yeah. I don't care. Don't curl. Anyway, you ready to get out of here? Almost. What else you got? We did the post-mortem. Yeah. We know what the conference finals are looking like. Yeah. I have two questions for you. What's up? Well, actually, I only have one question. Okay. You know what? Fine. I'll make it two questions. Okay. Milwaukee or Toronto, who wins? Toronto. Toronto. Toronto wins. All right. Second question. Mm-hmm. How many games does Portland win? Zero, one, or two? Two. All Golden right. State and six. Golden State and six. Golden State and six. The conference finals, we'll revisit those next week. Yes. I will. I'll, I'll even go even further because you know I don't know when to quit. Portland will win two games at home. They'll win their two. You know, they'll win no, two in Portland. No, you know what they can't. Can they? They can. First two in Golden State. Second two in Portland. Okay, that'll have you at two two. Okay, all right. You know what? No, no. 
they win one game at home. They they will Portland will win one game and and go. They'll State. win one in Oakland. They, they will win one game in Oakland <laughs> because I don't know when to quit. <laughs> me, can 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 I break the fourth wall real quick? Can I break Please. the fourth wall wall real quick? I, because we shoot this show at my house, I bring. Mike Jones into my man cave and sometimes we might partake in a reasonable <laughs> mature amount of adult beverages while we do this show I understand it's early in the morning but you know it's 5 o'clock somewhere so I might have a little liquid courage in me so yes I am coming out and I'm saying you know what Portland will win one game in Oakland you gotta close this out I can't <laughs> Can't stop laughing. <laughs> All right. Well, look, man. Come on. Come. Yo, check us out next week. And just a reminder, hey, you can download this podcast so you can hold me to these words all you want. We don't delete nothing. I don't block nobody. I don't, you know, mute nobody, whatever. I'm hey, crying. look. He's I'm crying. crying. <laughs> He's laughing because I believe that Portland will win at least one game in Oakland. Whatever. Download the podcast. Hold me to it. Tell me I'm wrong. Mike tells me I'm wrong all the time. Dudes on Twitter tell me I'm wrong. Whatever. Download the podcast. uh, Soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports. Or search iTunes. Search the best in the world sports report. My name is Brown. That's my man, Mike Jones. Are are you okay? No. No, I'm not. (laughs) Whatever, man. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Offense, Defense, and Discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. Yeah.